Hello and welcome to Sheer Jeshub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Fellowship of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My name is Patty Scalza, and I hope that you will be blessed as you spend the next quarter of an hour with us studying God's Holy Word. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently teaching a series on heavenly authority, and he has been speaking about the priests and Levites. We left off last time at the point when Moses comes back down the mountain to find that Aaron has crafted the golden calf. He calls for those who are on the Lord's side to come to him, and many Levites respond, and they turn against their own kinsmen who will not repent of their idolatry. We will resume today's study at that point in Exodus chapter 32. So now, let's join Pastor Greg. But the Levites were fierce. We talked about the anger of Levi. The Levites are quick to respond. And their zeal and their wrath and anger before we soar it against the sins of others. And most of us are very good at that. We, we, we can see the sins of other people very clearly. But now they actually see the sin of their own people. Their brothers, their companions. And there's anger against that sin. There's wrath against the sin of their own people. And so they will be consecrated. Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, Moses said. They will be set apart because of this zeal, because of this anger against the sin of their companions. Likewise, in Numbers chapter 25, we study this with Balaam, with the uh, situation where the Israelites committed harlotry with the women of Moab, and how they sacrificed the foreign gods, and how the plague comes upon the uh, Israelites and 24,000 die. Well, it's Phineas, who is a priest, who is the grandson of Aaron, who is the one that inflicts the punishment against the sinners. He takes up his javelin and he goes again through the camp. In Deuteronomy chapter 33, Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 1, it says, Now this is the blessing with which Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. You go down to verse 8, and you see the blessing. This is an anointed blessing. The Holy Spirit is upon Moses. And you see the blessing upon Levi and his descendants. Obviously, Levi is dead, but the descendants of that son of Jacob. And it says in verse 8, Let your Thummim and your Urim be with your Holy One, whom you tested at Massa, and with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah, who says of his father and mother, I have not seen them, nor did he acknowledge his brothers or know his own children, for they have observed your word and kept your covenant. They shall teach Jacob your judgments and Israel your laws. They shall put incense before you and a whole burnt sacrifice on your altar. Bless his substance, Lord, and accept the work of his hands. Strike the loins of those who rise against him and of those who hate him, that they rise not again. So here's a blessing upon the Levites and upon the priests, obviously, who minister in the Old Testament at the altar with the burnt sacrifice. And you see here, because they did not 
recognize father, mother, brother, children, over and above the word of the Lord. Because they put God first and they don't show family favoritism, they've turned that sword now from the town of Shechem onto their own household. God can use them to, what does it say? To teach Jacob your judgments and Israel your law. Remember, one of the biggest problems in this day is how people who have a general knowledge of God coming off the ark go after every imagination and they take the way of God and they pervert it. And who goes off on this imagination? Who goes off on that imagination? And the nations make their pagan religions as they take a little knowledge of God and they contaminate it. And the Lord is looking for the pure word. The reason we have the Bible today is that there are those who the Holy Spirit anointed to preserve his word. And these Levites who now show that they're so zealous for the law, they're so zealous for God, they're so zealous for his ways, because they've shown this by their action, he's going to use them to protect his law, protect his word, and to preserve it so that we have it. Now, you remember, some of this sounds very harsh. And it is harsh. But you remember in the New Testament, there's an important scripture, and it's unrelated in what it's speaking about, but it's very clearly related. If you look in Matthew chapter 19, and when you read some of these things in the Old Testament, it's such a joy to go back into the New Testament and read of the, the loving kindness of our Lord Jesus. In Matthew chapter 19, on a totally different issue, now it came to pass... Verse 1, when Jesus had finished these sayings, that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce, and to put her away? And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And he goes on to explain to them further. But what I wanted you to focus on, here's an issue of divorce. They bring up the law of Moses. Now we're studying authority, we're studying the Levitical priesthood. But there's a point here. Why did Moses allow why was it permitted in the Old Testament even to have a writ of divorce, though nowhere near as liberally as they were interpreting it at the time of Jesus? It says, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce. When you read back at the Levitical system, the time of Moses and the law, you can sense from the very beginning the difficulty God is having with this people in the wilderness obeying. 
They're unregenerate. They're like every other human being and every other race of people. It's just that God has chosen them because of the sake of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so, just like every one of us in our unregenerate state, before we find the Lord Jesus Christ, they're fighting God. And they're struggling with God. And their hearts are hard. And God desires what? We saw that several weeks back when his presence first comes on that mountain. He tells Moses he wants them to be a kingdom of priests. He wants them to be a holy nation. He wants them all to be priests unto him. But because their hearts are hard, you have this Levitical system. And you have this austerity and this hardness in order to deal with them, in order to preserve God's ways, in order to have the law, because he's dealing with hard-hearted men and women. But that's not the perfect plan of God for mankind from the beginning. And when you go into the gospel, you start to go back to the beginning, the way God really wants people to be in a relationship with him. Someone could rightly say, Aaron fashioned that golden calf. The Levites who went throughout the camp with the sword, they were the same ones that were worshiping by that golden calf. They participated also. So what about their own sin? We know from Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 20 that the Lord was very angry with Aaron and he would have destroyed him had not Moses prayed for him. But what about the wrath for their own sin? And that brings us in the history of Levi, a very brief summary of the history of the Levites. We started with Levi last week into the New Testament and we're going to see the progression of Levi's wrath against the sin of another, another people. And then this progression to the Levites' anger against their own sin, what their own people have done. And we're going to see it progress now to really the only proper application of that anger that's allowable under the New Covenant. And again, it's a Levite. And not just a Levite, it's a priest. And we don't often think of him this way, but he is a priest. And maybe if the priesthood in Jerusalem had not become so corrupted in the time of Jesus and become a political tool, maybe he would have been one of the leading priests. You read in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 1 and verse 5, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. Now, Abijah is the eighth of the 24 priestly divisions that you read about that are appointed by Lot for service at the temple by David at the time of David. So this is a descendant of Aaron. Zacharias is a descendant of Aaron through Abijah. His wife was a daughter of Aaron. She too, and her name was Elizabeth, was a daughter of Aaron. So both the mother and the father come from this priestly line of Aaron and obviously are Levites. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. And we know the miracle. The miracle was the birth 
of John the Baptist. These are the parents of John the Baptist. John the Baptist would have been a priest. He was from that lineage and from that line. And when John is born, Zacharias, filled with the Holy Spirit, gives a prophecy. And if you go down to verse 76, he says to John, his child, verse 76 of chapter 1, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. The ministry of John the Baptist prepares the way of the Lord to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission, the forgiveness of their sins. There needed to be forgiveness of sins. John would tell them that, and he would go before the Lord who would provide forgiveness and prepare the way. And so you read in Luke chapter 3, in verse 2, while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, those are the corrupt priests that are established politically over in Jerusalem, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. If you have any comments, or if you would like to help support the ministry of Shear Jashub, our address is Shear Jashub, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 064. Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shear Jashub.